Have you met a person that just gave you an opportunity that you couldn't pass up? Whether it's an opportunity in Hollywood or just to teach anything, I met that one person about 20 years ago. Formed a great bond, a great friendship with that one person. And after about two and a half years, that person left. I ran into him at a Starbucks here in Nichols Hills, Oklahoma. His name is Dwayne Cummings. He gave me the opportunity to coach soccer. He believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. Often in a podcast, I like to ask the guests, what have you learned in life? If I'm gonna tell you something, coach, here's what I've learned about life from you. Clear and concise communication. Soccer is a simple game played by complex humans. Life is simple, lived also by complex humans. Because of you, I had the opportunity to coach. I had the opportunity to give back to society. That's something that's been ingrained in me since I was probably five by my parents. And coach, you helped me enhance that. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for your service to our great country. Thank you for everything you're doing for this world. From a former CEO of LeaderCast to now a current CEO of the Sensational Group, to authoring books, to just being a brilliant, brilliant human being. I can't wait till I connect with you again, Coach. I love you and I have so much respect for you. Thank you. Welcome back to the Finding Moments Podcast. <laughs> My name is Wong Lam and today's special, special guest is my great friend, Dwayne Cummings. Dwayne, welcome to the Thank podcast. You. Thank you. It's been 22 years. We yeah. said this earlier, and I can remember this vividly. It was 1997. Tiger Woods won the Masters. I was in your living room. We were watching. That's when I really got hooked on golf, watching Tiger Woods. So I definitely appreciate you. We go back many years through soccer. Yeah. And I've learned a lot from you. Wow, that's and very kind. So this is a, an amazing opportunity. I'm very honored to be sitting in this podcasting studio with you, Coach. Well, I, I'm honored that you would have us. And I say us because my wife is off right. screen and uh, she's usually with me wherever we go. But I'm, it's a privilege, man, just to be back in your presence with those sparkling diamonds on those socks. I didn't bring my A game <laughs> on the socks, but yeah, it's, uh, we're humbled yeah. by, by all means humbled. I appreciate that. You, you're a CEO of a company, you authored books, and we'll get... A dive into that. However, number one, how are you doing today? Wow. Uh, I would, a lot of times I answer when people ask me that I'm above average, like, and then I'll say I'm way above average. But then again, who knows what average is? But yeah, I'm doing awesome. Yeah. So thanks. Yeah. I, I don't, we don't have many bad days. Yeah. 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 How's the wife and the kids? The wife is amazing. Been married 32 years. She's my BFF, yeah. hashtag BFF. Um, <laughs> oldest son, Matthew, is 30. In a couple, in like a week and a half, and youngest son, Chris, is 22. Yeah. Matt got married to his high school sweetheart. They dated nine years. We have two granddaughters. Awesome. With uh, Thanks to them, yeah. yeah. And uh, Christopher is still working and in school, University of North Georgia, trying to complete that degree. Very good. Yeah. Wow. So My dad's 70. He turned 70 in October, so he doesn't understand BFF. He listens to this podcast. <laughs> okay, what is a BFF? Uh, best friend forever. Okay. Yeah. I'm just and, making sure. 
Yeah, BFF. So, I, sorry, I should talk in full words, not acronyms, I guess. But you know how the kids are today, oh, right? Oh, man, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, we. I'm blessed that my wife and I spend most every waking and sleeping moment together. We mm -hmm. travel together. Um, we hang out together. We do pretty much everything together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, thank you for your service because you were in the army at one time. I was. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. I I might have got out before a lot of your listeners were even born. But <laughs> yeah, I got out like uh, eighty eight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, but thank you for recognizing that. Yeah, absolutely. You're a CEO, and how is that? In your, how did you get to become a CEO? Because it's a sensational group, right? Wow, yeah. Um, and I, and by the way, anything that I'm sharing on this podcast, you know, is just for like content and yeah, yeah. It's not like, hey, look what I've yeah, no, exactly. No, okay, I'm with you. Um, because along the way, that that's my consulting company. Okay, and um, I have been CEO of like up until last year, I was CEO of a leadership company out of Atlanta called Leadercast. Mm -hmm. um, so I've I've held that title, if you will, a couple different times. And people always ask, like, how did you get there? Like, what path do you need to take? Mm -hmm. Man, I, we jokingly say I've had a Forrest Gump life because yeah. sometimes I just ran and sometimes yeah. I just did what I did. And then I looked around and I was like, wow, I'm a CEO. Right. Um, but I think most CEOs, what their role is, is to cast vision. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's to bring all the other people together and bring the right environment together for something to happen, a, a mission or a service or a product or something. And so because I kind of have visions or I was a dreamer as a kid, mm -hmm. uh, that typically seems to be the position I fit best in in most organizations, yeah. including my own. Yeah. Uh, like I'm definitely not the CFO, like I'm not the money person. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, I have I have been the role of COO. So I have acquired the skills of implementation, but as an okay. entrepreneur, you, you typically do that, you know, like yep. you're figuring out the sound or you're figuring mm -hmm. out marketing or whatever yeah. it is. But um, I, I think a lot of it also comes from my coaching background Yeah, because as a coach, you're kind of the CEO of your team or your institution or whatever, and you don't get to play, you know, <laughs> you, you don't do a lot of the things that need to be done, but you make sure they all get done. Yeah. To fulfill the vision. And so I think that's how I arrive at CEO a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So the sensational group is a consulting group and you, you create this culture. How do you create a culture? Mm, by your habits. We, we talk about that a lot. Um, some people are saying, oh, well, culture is about your mission, vision, values and what you write down and what's above the door and all that. Culture is habit. Right. And mm -hmm. so, you know, your family came from Vietnam and they, yeah. you know, there's a culture of certain things in Vietnam. And then some of those habits came with them here. And, right. um, but culture is your habits. It's what you do. It's your rituals. It's the, your language, it's your music. It's, um, how you value people, you know, it, it's all that. And so the way we create a positive culture, hopefully is things like, you know, um, open and honest communication, talk about the elephant in the room, uh, value other people, be an active listener, certain habits mm -hmm. that lead to a culture where, people can bring their best selves and contribute yeah. and they have a voice and they, you know, we talk about collaborating versus getting people to cooperate because yeah. the police always say, we need you to come in here and cooperate. <laughs> they, yeah. they don't say we need you to collaborate with yeah. us. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that's, you, that's how you create that culture. And 
if you back it up a step, then if you already have kind of an established culture, you better hire towards that culture. Mm-hmm. So we're both sports guys. We love sports. Yeah. I know you're a Sooners guy. And, yeah. uh, we are too. So if they have a culture of, you know, outworking everybody else, speed or, you know, um, thinking three moves ahead, West Coast offense, whatever it is, mm-hmm. then they better be recruiting people to fit that culture. Yeah. Otherwise, their culture will change and it might change in a direction they don't want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Shifting to coaching soccer, because that's how we first met. Mm. And you brought up clear and concise communication. Wow, you yeah. remember that? I, uh, 22 years ago, coach. Wow. I remember that. Yes. We talk about that all the time. And I talk about that all the time. And I've told every team that I've coached, clear and concise communication is one of the wow. golden rules of life, <laughs> yeah. of soccer. You can't be successful without clear and concise communication. So hats off to you, coach. Yeah. Wow. He just, uh, he made my year. I actually got a little <laughs> bit uh, goosebumps. Because it's true. I say that was my advantage in the corporate world or in business world or now in this next stage of my life because mm-hmm. of those you know, foundation stones that we had in athletics. Yeah. Yeah. Because people will say, hey, 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 you, I need you to kind of kind of do that. And you're like, what does that mean? Like right. in soccer, it was, hey, 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 yeah. what does hey, hey, hey mean? Yeah. Like, what is there, does that mean there's somebody going to take my, you know, take the ball from me? Does that mean right. you want me to pass it? What the heck does that mean? Yeah. Same thing happens in the business world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe it. Yeah. Like clear and concise communication. Thanks. Thanks for that. Absolutely. Great gift. Okay, show's yeah. over. Yeah, I guess we can wrap this up. Thank you for everyone tuning in. We'll... I got to take a drink after that one. My mouth just got dry. <laughs> no, I do remember that. And about the verbal and nonverbal communication. So saying, hey, if I'm showing square to you, that means I want the ball. If I'm pointing here, that's where I want the ball to be played, et cetera. You know this? Yeah. So it yeah. translates into business. So Absolutely. when when you're having a conversation with somebody, like right now we're we're at each other, but you know I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen salespeople in a meeting, and the person they're talking to is kind of like doing this, and you're like, they're not talking to you. Like you, your words might be flying over in their direction, but mm. they're not talking to you. Yeah. You know, now they're talking to you. Yeah. Now you're you know you know now you're engaged non-verbally, and I don't mean to like mirror you and exact, but yeah. like we're synced. Yeah. yeah. So. Talking about engagement, when you are doing a presentation or you have this staff meeting, when people are on their cell phones, does that does that bother you? Used to. Yeah. So we're talking about culture and, and uh, you know, now we're in a generation, people, whether you're talking about millennials, Gen X, Gen Z, whatever, uh, they have a different method of learning, right? So mm-hmm. it's a lot of visual tactile. Like Christopher, when he was a little younger, I'd holler down, hey, do you want some for, for dinner? And he'd text back up. No, I'm, I'm full. I'm doing it. All right. It's just, it's just that mode. Um, and so when I first, like at LeaderCast, when I got there as CEO, um, there was somebody else holding a meeting and I was in the back of the room and I was watching two of our young creatives. I say young 20 something year olds and they were texting. You know, I, I could tell they were texting because one would move their thumbs and they kind of glance at each other out of the corner of their eye and then the other would move their thumbs. And so the person that was giving the presentation was like in their late fifties. And I mm-hmm. stopped and I said, do you know what's going on right now? He's like, what are you talking about? I go, everybody else is having a discussion about what you're talking about, but they're not talking to you about it. And they all kind of look funny. And I was like, because they're used to just texting. Yeah. Um, and so we came to an agreement that there's a time to text and a time. Some people make notes better on their phone that way too. Mm-hmm. And they make reminders. And then there's a time to be totally engaged. So yeah. um, you just have to find out 
what brings about that other person's best mm-hmm. and what's their intention for what they're doing. Like yeah. if they're playing Candy Crush, I'm okay, you know, let's put the phone away. <laughs> but they might be making notes. And so you you don't ever want to play the narrative that just because somebody has a cell phone in their hand, they don't care about you. Yeah. Yeah. I got a question about uh, just we talked about you talked about sports and we talked about Tiger Woods. What what was your thought when uh, you saw him won the Masters a few weeks ago? Uh, Forty three. Yeah. So it was as Americans, we love the underdog story. Yeah. Right. And so he was a hero. And then for whatever reason, we love it when people fall from grace and then they redeem themselves. Yeah. For me. Because I, and I'm sure most everybody that watches this show and other people around the world, they know what it's like to like have to battle mm-hmm. when no one believes in you, maybe except for yourself. And when you're overcoming physical things and, and then not to just rise up and like get a good job, but, but when a masters yeah, and that's where he kind of, that's where it all started for him. So for me, uh, I'm not going to lie. I got my man card. I, t- I teared up. I did too. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I lost it a little bit emotionally. And we I did too. We talked about the fact that, you know, what would he be doing afterwards? Like, is he sitting there holding his kids? Is he just sitting out on the back porch going, I knew you had it in you? And now he kind of becomes maybe even more invincible than mm-hmm. he was before because he's dropped to the lowest level and come back. Yeah. 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 I mean, you think about it like Robert Downey Jr. was a star and then he fell from grace and then he's a star again and all that. But right. there's something about athletics for me that's slightly different yeah because the physical demands yeah. and and golf such a mental game yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's very true it's it's almost all mental yeah for, for me there was such a gap though it might not have been it might not have been a defi- as much of a defining moment for young people mm-hmm. because they didn't see him in the beginning right but for our age like that was a yeah. defining moment yeah yeah absolutely when you talk about the Tiger Woods of the mentality as a, as a CEO now, when you reflect back at your life coaching soccer, what do you think that's helped you to where you are in a relationship with your wife for 30 plus years and your sons? And Yeah, a hundred percent. So early on in my coaching career, I thought I had all the answers. I, I had whatever you want to deem success. And I just, I was a knucklehead. Mm-hmm. I really, I mean, people on the outside, Looking back, I bet there were people that were like that guy, you know, there were other people that respected me and things, but mm-hmm. I, I used looking back at that era as, okay, this is how you handled that. This is a good way to handle things. This is, you didn't handle that one so well, so don't make that mistake again. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, coaching is about relationships. Yeah. I mean, it's truly about getting the best out of other people, putting them in a position to perform their best. And when you're coaching teams, and that is unique. And so like mm-hmm. coaching at college, I had South Americans and Africans and Europeans and yeah. kids from Houston. Put that collection of people together and try to get them to work together. That's pretty difficult. So those skills that I acquired then have helped me. Um, early on in my coaching career, I was more of a dictator. And mm-hmm. then I learned to be a facilitator and a yeah. liberator. Yeah, And that's what I carried on with now in the business world, I think, um, yeah, that dictatorship stuff doesn't work. (laughs) Those, those old school coaches of, you know, run till you throw up and my way, the highway and Mm -hmm. grabbing face masks and football and all that stuff. It's, it's just a different era. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So it's helped me immensely. Yeah. How do you, 
be the CEO and find time to travel. And then you also wrote a book and then you're about to release another, another book. The first book was a sensational salesman, second chance. And yeah. So how do you find the time? Yeah. How do you so find the time? We talk about this a lot too. When I'm working with clients, um, it, everybody has the same amount of time. It's how you manage yourself within that time. Yeah. So people are always like, Oh, I, I'm going to manage my time better. No, you need to manage yourself within that time. And the first thing for us is there's no difference in work, play. We, we talk about the F words you can use in public, like family, fun, <laughs> fellowship, friendship, right? Yeah. Uh, it's all the same. Yeah. So for me, this a podcast with you is not work. It's friendship. It's just, it's life, Yeah. right? So it's just really all about life. You do need to manage yourself in some of that time so you can get compensation, earn a living, so you can take care of bills or whatever mm -hmm. it is. Um, but when we travel, we're always looking for, you know, can we do something with family, friends, charity, the aspect of work, that old cliche, cliches are there for a reason, by the way, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. You yeah. Know, I haven't worked in a long time. <laughs> I mean, I've been tired. I've been challenged. Yeah. You know, I've been stretched, but I just kind of, I don't feel like it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. So you know, people are like, well, wh what do you do? I'm like, depends on the day. And what do you mean by what do I do? Yeah. You mean like, how do I earn a living? Or how do I spend my time? Or, you know, because a lot of times people would look at me and say, you don't ever work. Yeah. I mean, okay, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that answered the question, but. Um, no, it does. Yeah. It does. It's, I'm, sometimes I'm embarrassed. I'm looking at my wife because this happens a lot. And sometimes I feel embarrassed to tell people because. I know that where they're at in their life, they're struggling mm -hmm. with this whole concept, right? Like, mm -hmm. I don't have enough time for my kids or I don't have enough time for my family. And I'm like, you probably have enough time. You're just where you're investing your time is probably different than where I am. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, very, very true. Because I feel like you can make the time if you really want to. And I, I hear a lot of people like, oh, man, I can't wait till five o'clock i'm like why because i'm thinking you got something cool happening oh man i gotta get out of this place i'm like dude well that's yeah. not a good way to be living your life right eight to five every day if that's what you're going to be talking about and your mentality coming to work because yeah. it spreads man putting it off until like i can't wait till i retire yeah. wait 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 to do what well i want i want to get away well there's a three-day weekend this weekend like get away this weekend mm -hmm. or I want to, I want to do something cool with my life. Okay. Well, tonight there's some homeless people that probably need to be fed or, yeah. you know, what's your passion? I love animals. Okay. Well, you know, go rescue some animals or yeah. go love on some animals. Or... Some animals for the weekend. Yeah. 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 How um, sit, animals sit your neighbors, you know, <laughs> kid, so dogs and, you know, have yeah. some fun with them. Go throw the ball in the yard. Yeah. Too many people postpone their current joy or what could potentially be joy, happiness, those defining moments mm -hmm. of our life, they're, they're borrowing against them for some future payoff. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's probably the equation that a lot of people are stuck in. And then they just sit there and complain about it on Instagram or, or Twitter or social media. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I did a video about weeding your feed. I don't know if you saw it. Uh -uh. Yeah, I just came, I just did it. It was like, it's a habit that I have because I, I'm not going to stick my head in my sand and ignore that there's bad things in the world. Right. But like if every post that you put, put up there is negative and negative and negative, what you focus on expands, right? Yep. So, Absolutely. and now 
you're kind of pouring it on me and yeah, I want to help or I want to love on you. Or, you know, if you have a concern that I can serve you with and fix, maybe mm -hmm. fine, DM me, message me. Right. But just to put out to the world, my life sucks. I'm like, man, okay, you have control over that. Yeah. If you're facing something that's a little bit out of your control, you know, if blood just took your house or something, then let's, let's get to the solution. And that's one of the rules that I actually had from soccer that I carried over to business was, we're going to talk about the problem for a couple minutes mm -hmm. and then we're going to focus the rest of the time on the solution. Yeah. Because if you just sit there focusing on the problem, it just gets bigger. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah it's got to be solution driven because if you brought up an idea and I was like, nah, coach, I don't like it. You would probably like, okay, so why don't you like it? Well, I don't like it. Well, that's not a solution. Right. That's just how you're feeling about it, I guess. Yeah. You, and it's okay <laughs> if you we, I'm not a lawyer by any means, but we use the word evidence a lot. Like, okay, yeah. so what's your evidence for not liking that? Yeah. Well, it happened to me five years ago and I had a bad result. Okay, so once in a lifetime, have we seen any other good results? Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, let's focus on that. That's exactly right. And then what did you learn from the bad result and how did you go forward with it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I want to touch on your book a little bit. The Sensational Salesman. Yeah. There's a couple chapters that I really, really liked. And well, I like the whole book, but there's a couple of chapters that really just hone in on. And I wonder if it was maybe Ralph Waldo Emerson, because you started those two chapters with, you know, Ralph Waldo Emerson. What's your thoughts on using those quotes and why do you like? Um, well, the quotes to start a chapter were definitely specifically chosen, right? And mm -hmm. um, what people... That book's been out a few years, and what people are starting to find out is, although I've written in parable, mm -hmm. most of it's real stories, real people. So some of the people in the books are Googleable, and there's seven books in the series. So that book is me falling on my face over 30 years ago, and mm -hmm. then kind of redeeming myself. Yeah. And so those quotes at the beginning of certain chapters, um, they're kind of like my, you know, they they resonate with me. They're kind of my guideposts. And they kind of encapsulate the lesson of that chapter from mm -hmm. So, which are, I think I know, but I don't yeah. <laughs> I, I dog eared these. Yeah. Actually, they, it's chapter six. Common courtesy isn't yeah. so common anymore. Yeah. And the quote is, life is, not sh life is not so short, but that there is always time for courtesy. Thank you for quoting that. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Uh, wow. Yeah. When I used to recruit and you, we used to recruit and we'd look at kids and we'd decide whether they were going to come on the team. Did they shake hands? You know, yeah. did they take their hat off when they sat out at a dinner table? Because those things are hard to teach. Yeah. You know, they're, you're usually trained in a child when they're younger and those kind of things. And just saying, yes, sir. No, ma'am. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. That, that goes a long way because that shows that somebody values you. Yeah. Right. That's why everybody loves Chick-fil-A because no plug for Chick-fil-A, I guess. Yeah. Sorry. If it, um, it's my pleasure. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's my pleasure. Well, man, you're getting pleasure out of serving me. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Common courtesy. It, that's something we can all control. Yeah. So I, I don't ever ask people to control something in their life that's out of their control. I'm not going to ask you to control the weather, but I'm going to ask you to control how you deal with the weather. So common yeah. courtesy happens to be one of them. Yeah. Why? So you love... Ralph Waldo Emerson, huh? I do like Ralph Waldo Emerson. And also, when you talk about taking off your hats at the dinner tables, I still, when I coach up until two years ago, because I um, quit, but 
every team at the dinner table, the hats came off and all the parents loved it. Yeah. They loved it. Hat etiquette. It's because yeah. so many people forget it. We we went to dinner recently in Atlanta with my son and another person. Yeah. And this guy's like in his mid-20s and he had his hat on. And after the meal, our son Chris was like, yeah, for that first 15 minutes, I just wanted to reach across and take that dude's hat off because... Yeah. He doesn't know. He wasn't being mean about it. He was just saying he doesn't know what common courtesy is. Somebody never taught him you know, mm-hmm. or he's forgotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it also is an easy way to stand out nowadays. Oh, absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, if you want, people are always looking for differentiators, right? And how can I stand out in a crowd because there's so many people creating content or trying to do the right thing? Look, just have, have amazing courtesy. Yeah. And when I work with other because um, with my consulting company, I coach like executives and you know people like that. And sometimes it's as simple as carry a second hanky. And they're like, what? Well, you have one in your pocket that looks amazing that matches your tie. Mm-hmm. Carry a second one. Why? Because if somebody sneezes, if, if uh, somebody cries, if somebody whatever, you as a common courtesy can hand them that napkin or, yeah. that, or that, excuse me, that handkerchief. And you're going to set yourself apart from the 500 other people in the room that didn't have it. That's right? exactly like, right. Wow. Yeah. 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 So what's the other chapter you love? The other... <laughs> I, I, I think I know. It's, it's chapter like 15. Four, yeah, 15. Yeah, 15. You are the business card. Yeah. And it's another Ralph Waldo Emerson quote. Make the most of yourself for that is all there is of you. Yeah. You're the business card. Yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent, right? Whether you got, whether you use your, your card yourself to pick your teeth with or to level a table <laughs> with, you know? <laughs> If you're the kind of person that's just shoving it in somebody else's face, like you go to those networking deals and they're like, hi, yeah, okay, well, here's my card, call me. Or are you the person that makes everybody in the room feel special? Mm -hmm. You're the person that has courtesy and kindness and compassion. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, everybody knows those people when they see them from a mile away. Like you could be in the most crowded airport and you're waiting in line at the, you know, coffee place and the barista is like that person, yeah. right? They're the business card. You all, you almost wonder like, and I ask sometimes, do you own this place? Are you one of the owners? Do you have a share? And they're like, no, I just love what I do. Or, you know, yeah. you're the business card. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Common courtesy though, it's, you said it's easy. You can control it. And I agree with you 110%. It feels like with the, I don't know how to put this, the political glass, hmm. political uh, correctness class like if you hold a door for someone they like oh well i can do it myself it's like well yeah you, you can and next time just let me know but this is a way you know i'm just letting you know hey i see you behind me someone hold the door and let you pass guy or girl it doesn't matter right you know and i just feel like the simple things go i guess I notice sometimes. Well, or, or some people take them wrong, right? So like yeah. on a lot of university campuses now, we've moved beyond he and she and its persons or on, in, on all kinds of campuses, environments, work environments. Mm-hmm. Um, people, you, you open a door for somebody else and they're like, I could have got that door for myself because I want equality. I usually turn with humor and, and it usually diffuses it pretty quickly. And I'll be like, I wanted you to go through so I could try to pick your pocket. Yeah. You know, or, or, uh, you know, I wanted to see if you're going to stumble or I wanted you to check how cool it was in the building before yeah. I walk in. I, I try to, you know, strive to take the seriousness out of a lot of that courtesy. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes the person will just stay plain face. And so I send them positive vibe and love and wish them that, you know, maybe I'm meeting them at a time in their life 
that there's a million other things going on mm-hmm. and I need to give them grace because I've been in that situation too, where I probably right. didn't respond well. Right. Yeah. I used to own like, whoa, I'm trying to be nice here. What's your problem? But yeah. you just don't know what's going on with somebody else. You, you know, right off the bat, when we got on staff together a long time ago coaching, you were one of the most courteous people I'd ever met. Oh, thanks, coach. It's just true. And it's still to this day. I mean, you're very courteous. And I know that comes from your upbringing. And, right. you know, we are in a different era because it used to be that the family sat down at a table and mm-hmm. you know, you, that's when you had to take your hat off and you had to, yeah. you know, actively listen to what everybody else did the day. And so that's that's evolved a little bit. But we can make it cool again. We just keep doing what we're doing. We'll make it cool again, right? Make it cool again. Maybe. I like it. Hey, everything comes back. Everything comes back. So we just needed to wait a few decades and yeah, and it'll be cool again. So our new slogan should be, let's make common courtesy cool again. There you go. I like it. Might be a long hashtag, right? <laughs> we could probably do some kind of an icon or logo that would uh, that it encapsulate that message yeah. and throw it on some t-shirts. And yeah. I almost said bumper stickers, like, right? There's no... <laughs> Gonna do bumper stickers. You do window stickers. Window stickers are magnets. That's right. The yeah, stick figures magnets. of all the yeah. family members, the Justice, Star Wars, you know, and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dinosaurs, all that stuff. Right. I get it. Yeah. You you talk about humor and turning that into a, a fun situation. For the last three weeks, I was on crutches because I hurt my ankle. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And everyone's like, "Oh man, dude, I'm sorry. Your crutches, like, dude, it's good because I'm actually my." triceps are going to be bigger than yours <laughs> right? so if you want triceps come on with it right i don't even have i think i left my tricep over there Would you yeah. <laughs> i left my confidence out the front door but it's all good coach. right you brought it back in so well, i appreciate you yeah it's interesting because like being on those crutches even for a little few weeks it kind of shakes you up oh yeah and so back to common courtesy you probably are more aware of people that don't hold the door for you or, or weren't even aware of you struggling yep. in, in the rain with crutches, yep. right? Or Absolutely. holding your bags. And so every once in a while, something like that is good to shake us up and yeah. Yeah, yeah. remind us. Now, I'm glad you're over it. And I'm glad your triceps are amazing. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. Thanks. I, my biceps are pretty good, too. So Yeah. Yeah, I take off my shirt, but it's probably not for this podcast. <laughs> you wouldn't want me to take, no. I mean, the other day, this guy was like, hey, you have a string on your show. Oh, that's your arm. I was like, yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Definitely appreciate you taking your time. And I know you're here in Oklahoma for another week and taking time to pass through and come on the podcast, Coach. Yeah, it was an investment that is well worth it because I get to be around you and, you know, all those great feelings and emotions come back. And yeah, uh, yeah I they really I'm, do, I'm actually. What's that? The, they really do. The, the nice, good, positive energy emotions, they, they do come back. Oh, Even yeah. through text messages, when I'm texting you, I I can relive. I can feel that energy. I really can. It's And it doesn't hurt the Tiger Woods one again, right? Oh, man. <laughs> it brought back memories, too. That's I, right. I do. I, I teared up for him, and I remembered where I was when I first watched him. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It gives us hope. It, it, it kind of It brings you back hope. Wow, it does. Well, I'm, I'm grateful. I mean... Uh, this was this is definitely a defining moment, right? Yeah. And we defined the moment versus just letting it define us. You are the man. <laughs> if, <laughs> you're the man. If I had your hand, everyone else would fold. That's the way. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that or I'm a good bluffer. I don't know. Well, either way, either way, if you take down the pot, right? By the way, those are all poker references. That's right. That's for exactly all the people right. that won't like that. It doesn't. We can do it for charity. We do. That's right. Yeah. Speaking of defined moments, coach, what are maybe a couple, three that you like to share with our listeners? 
Um, I took a deep breath because one of them is one I, I just know it. It was big defining. It's actually the reason I left coaching. You might not even know this, but so I had gone on to coach at college, and our oldest son, that's Matt, he's now about thirty. He was about to be nine at the time. His birthday's in June. As you know from coaching, you know your season never ends. You're recruiting. You're doing camps. You're doing all these things. Yeah. I had not made a birthday of his. So yeah, I I have won and still hold the Guinness Book World Record for worst father and husband in the world. That was a period of my life where it was worst father. Um, and he he came to me because his other Chris, our other son, was like one and a half at the time. And he said, "Dad, when will you love me and my brother as much as you love your players?" So I most a lot of people don't know, but that was the catalyst. That was the defining moment for me to leave coaching. Mm. And so I said the next season was going to be my last coaching college, and that's when I kind of got out into the corporate world and um, always promised that I'd go back, but it wouldn't be until, you know, our kids were grown and we didn't have that obligation because he was, he had a firsthand seat to me raising, you know, all these other kids, um, teaching them manners and teaching them, you know, common courtesy and and how to be a a man or a woman or I was pouring into, you know, tons of other people's kids and not doing as much for my own. And so out of the mouths of babes, right, my son says that, that was a defining moment. And I had to look in the mirror and be like, wow, like, okay, you've messed up so far in that, Mm -hmm. but you still, you know, you need to make a change and you need to go back and work at fixing that. So that was a defining moment. Wow. And that was one that defined me and kind of, we talked about this a little bit, it shifted. So my focus now is instead of letting moments define me, I do my best to define a moment, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so by another one was the way that my wife helped us all define it was she five years ago had a LASIK surgery go bad mm-hmm. and she was blind. So she had a flesh eating bacteria that got introduced and it began to eat away at her eyes and right. And so, but she defined the moment because before that she really didn't like heights. She didn't take many risks. She was pretty conservative. Yeah. And she said, wow, I, I'm not going to let this define me and so since then she skydived and she rides the fastest roller coasters and she goes to africa on her on her own and all kinds of stuff right and so she's helped teach us and that was a defining moment that didn't define us it taught me and reinforced how Mm -hmm. to define a moment Mm -hmm. right and how to take a moment and and make the most of it so those are two in my life that are pretty big um yeah one that most people don't know also is i still to this day don't know who my father is my real father. So there's a guy on my birth certificate and a person I thought was my dad and all that. But um, there was a defining moment when I found out I had gone and lived with this guy and he yeah. had pretended to be my father. Everybody told me he was my father. And I was kind of a, I was a teenager. So I was a turd. <laughs> um, teenager and turd both start with T. I don't know if there's something to that. <laughs> but, but then as I got older and I got told like, well, that guy was never really your dad. That mm. was a defining moment for me. Like, but he still did everything in his power to treat me like his son. And wow, what kind of grace did he have? And how compassionate was he? And how did I misjudge him, right? So those are probably three big ones in my life. And one of them I know was my wife, but it taught me how to define a moment. Wow. Yeah. So from your child saying, hey, dad, when are you going to love me? I mean, that that was probably heartbreaking. Yeah, to this day, it's still, um, yeah, it's... uh, we don't use the the four letter F word 
that starts in F and has an A and an I in the middle and ends in an L. we don't use that very often Uh, we scratched it out in our kids dictionaries when they were growing up and all that stuff but that was a time where i felt like wow i have Mm -hmm. you know um yeah not my proudest moment but what it's also done is is i've turned that into a defining moment that i share with other people to liberate them to not make the same mistake potentially right yeah yeah we get i get we get sucked into careers Mm. And sometimes it's this bubble. Sometimes it's this box. And we forget to look outside of it and our surroundings, mm-hmm. like your wife. Or now that I'm married, I, my wife, I got to focus on her as well, mm-hmm. more importantly. And starting this podcast, if she wasn't that on board with it, I probably wouldn't do it. But we compromised and she does all the edits. I just go, I just host a show, coach. Yeah, I'd like to offer that you didn't really even compromise. You collaborated because I've seen you guys it. working, yeah. right? You you complement each other. Yeah. And it's um you serve other people together. So mm-hmm. it gives you a platform to strengthen your marriage and your friendship. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's amazing. I love it. Collaborate. That's exactly what we did. That is what you did. Yeah. You you brought your best voice and your best attributes and her best attributes and then you melded them together and yeah. Yeah. And compromise typically, in my opinion, and this is just me being obnoxious probably, is is when you feel like you've given up something to yeah. someone else and they have to give up something. I don't think either one of you gave up anything because right. now you're together on this project too. Yeah. Makes us better. Yeah. Man, I love it, coach. Yeah. See, always <laughs> dropping wisdom, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's only because the people that came before me that kind of slapped me on the ears and gave me wisdom. But thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like I said, it's been 22 years since we first met, and it's probably been about at least, I would say, 17 or so years since I've seen you. I did see at Starbucks maybe a couple months ago. You said you'd be in touch. I got your number, and we texted through back and forth and now you're here again and man i just it, it gives me chills to sit across from wow. you, man it really does I, I, if there was, is it the cold and flu season or no if there's an aura i think people could see it if there was a color wow. like you know it's just i'm blown thing. away that uh your kindness is not lost on me thank yeah. you very much oh, this is this is awesome and it's powerful for me coach it is for me too yeah. it, it you know, people say, oh, is is it a friend? Is it an acquaintance? Is it when you've gone through what we went through then yeah. and you've seen each other at their best and worst yeah. and you can let decades go by and then you just pick up like, mm-hmm. you know, like nothing was ever missed and yeah. that's magic. And that's yeah. what I always, that's why we were good together back then. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been awesome to see you blossom and your, you know, your marriage and your wife's amazing and yeah. now your show and. Yeah, all that you do. Yeah. So I'll be your biggest cheerleader. I appreciate it, Coach. You're welcome. You mentioned habits earlier about this culture-driven and being a CEO. So I'm going to ask you, what are some of your habits? Mm. Let's, say, let's start Good. with <laughs> Should habits. we ask my wife? <laughs> we can ask her wife. She's not going to answer. <laughs> right, she, right. It's almost like she's not in uh, yeah, the room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> she despises you know, TV, radio, all that stuff. Um, let's see. My habits. Some of my habits... One of them is is to really focus on defining things. So I have a habit of really checking and challenging. You know, like a minute ago when you said uh, we compromised. 
And I'm like, mm, I, I, I like to choose a different word. So one of my habits is, is choosing words that serve me well mm. and serve the people around me well. And if they don't, then maybe talking about altering them. Yeah. That's a habit of mine. So people will say, oh, man, I've got this problem. I'm like, is it a problem or is it an opportunity? You know, because we have a phrase, what an opportunity. Yeah. And people come in and go like, oh, man, the server just went, went down. This is horrible. What a problem. What a challenge. I'm like, oh, what an opportunity. Hold on a second. Yeah. You know, you're going to test your skills. You might reach out and talk to a vendor you haven't talked to in a long time. You might have a chance to renegotiate your vendor contracts or reach out to your customers that you haven't talked to, whatever. Right. It's an opportunity. So one of my habits is always challenging definitions and labels. Mm. If they don't serve well, then... Like leave them in Webster's, right? Leave them, yeah. leave them somewhere else because that's that's just not going to do me well. Um, another habit that I've I'm always working on, by the way, and adjusting them, is to um, really be intentional, purposeful, and deliberate uh, with my triggers. Mm -hmm. So everybody has triggers, right? It might be a smell of chocolate chip cookies, and it takes you back to a certain place, or it might yeah. be a song that makes you drive fast, or whatever it is. So I, I have a habit of constantly checking my triggers and then again, using those triggers or doing my best to use those triggers to put me in my best self or state. Yeah. Um, my wife would say, you know, I have other habits that, you know, might not be so good. Maybe, I don't know. I, I'm sure around the house, I, <laughs> you know, I have a habit of uh, leaving a towel where I shouldn't leave it or whatever, because we're all made of habit. Yeah. Um, I, I really, I guess when it comes to it, I'm, I'm doing my best to focus on every good habit possible and yeah. amplify that. So, so in the morning when you wake up, oh, what are some habits? Yeah, so habits are rituals. So, right, so some things we do, like brushing your teeth, don't, don't even think about it. This is the first time I've had a beard in my entire life. It's, it looks good. Well, thank you. Uh, I've had a goatee before, but so now one of my habits is you, you got to trim the darn thing. Otherwise, it's poking you and yeah. it's... You're biting the corner of your mouth. And so now I've acquired a new habit of trying to check out the beard. Um, crazy enough, my wife and I, we like to listen to music and sometimes dance yeah. uh, to start the day off. Because it just puts you in a certain mode. Uh, up until a couple months ago, we've been we've been traveling for about two months. We've been in like 32 mm -hmm. states and all over the place. Wow. But before that, for almost an entire year, the habit every day was... We uh, rode our bikes, went to the gym, did, you know, worked out. Um, yeah. So there are certain habits that we do that, you know, we try to lean in their good side. We don't smoke, um, you know, don't do drugs, drink <laughs> like occasionally once in a while. Yeah. So, yeah, try to do good habits. I like it. Yeah. What are some questions that you wish people would ask you, but they never ask you? Mm. that might be wow that i'm trying to think if that's the first time i've ever been asked that question and there's a chapter in that book if you want a better answer ask a better question so i love questions mm -hmm. i don't think anyone has ever asked me that question oh man this is awesome we could we can podcast yeah is podcast is Let's done Wait, yeah um <laughs> that's the season finale we're gonna do a drama cliff drop right or cliffhanger right here a question that no one has ever asked me that you wish people that would. That I have. wish people would. Yeah. Wow. Can we come back to that in a minute? We can come back to it, yeah. I, that, I'm, I'm perplexed. Like, there's a lot of times where I'm like, I, I wish people would ask me, 
you know, sometimes they're a little more superficial, like, yeah. but, but man, that, that I actually might need to see if you, you know, if I could use that once in a while in the future. You should because, use it anytime you want. Yeah. That's, um, that's a fun question. That's a great question. Yeah. I'm still just blown away. I mean, we don't want to waste your, your viewers' time with me sitting here no, looking like a moron <laughs> trying to go through the mental Rolodex and rack my brain. Um, you know, we touched on the fact that my wife and I are together all the time, mm-hmm. right? And n- no one ever asks me, like, they never ask me. Once in a while, they'll ask her off to the side, like after an event or something, they'll ask her, so you, you, you like tagging along or you like hanging out? But no one ever asks me, like, why do you enjoy hanging out with your wife all the time? Why do you, after 32 years of marriage, why do you want to spend all the time with your wife? Yeah. No one ever really asked me that. And uh, I'm saying this not pandering to her because she's in the room and Father's right. Day is coming up soon. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying it because, like, she makes me a better person. Yeah. She balances me. We always jokingly say she's the anchor and I'm the sail and she calms me. And um, there are times, don't get me wrong, there are times where, you know, she she does, you know, takes her 14 bags of bathroom stuff and we go on a trip and we're trying to get to an airport or whatever. And I'm like, ah, can you believe it? But um, no one ever asked me why I always want to be with my wife. And the answer to that question would be is because she is the one person on the planet that always makes me better. Yeah. Yeah. I and I say that. always. Okay, where's a small percentage in there where I, she doesn't always, you know, you know, I, we get under each other's skin because we're together all the time on, right. once or twice. But yeah, that's, I'm going to go, I'm going to use that question in the future. Yeah, yeah, you should. And you should always use that answer too. Well, I, <laughs> I challenge people, look around and take inventory, right? So like this yeah. time together, you're making me a better person. Yeah. Right? You're making me think better. You're bringing back great memories. You're making me emote and feel good. Um, and and sure, there are going to be challenges in our lives, but how many people are surrounded by people that don't make them better? Yeah. That just don't. They're in marriages where the other person doesn't make them better. Not even yeah. like 20% of the time. Yeah. They're at a job where it, it doesn't bring out their best. Right. You know? And so I can honestly say that that's not the case in my life. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's so great. I'm glad that you think that about your wife. I think that highly of my wife, Margie, because yeah. when I first met her, I was like 200 pounds. Yeah. She's a health coach and she helped me get to be 168. Right. Over the last and a quarter. Years. <laughs> yeah, 168 and a quarter. You're 170 on a bad day. Right. You know, but yeah, it's it's amazing. And she pushes me to become better and better and better. And you're exactly right, man. Surround yourself with the people who are going to make you better. Yeah. And, and that equation means it keeps me on my toes because I have to find ways to pour into her and make her better. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, otherwise, that bank account is just going to, yeah. that they're going to close that account. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I just always remember it, uh, when we were first started coaching, we were gone a lot. Yeah. Tournaments, tournaments, tournaments. And you know, your wife was taking care of your oldest son at the time. Right. It's like, man. Yeah, people always, people that knew us then and know us now are always like, I can't believe you guys are still together. Like, she put up with all that. And I'm like, yeah, I can't believe it either. Like, she did put up with a lot. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, you know, I, I cannot go back and change the past. I look backwards for two reasons, positively memorialize somebody and, um, you know, to what was the lesson. And the lesson is, is don't take those relationships for granted. Invest in the other people. Don't trade 
you know, something that you might get in the future for today's joy and happiness. Yeah. Um, because it might not be there tomorrow anyway, right? Right. So yeah. do what you should do today. Yeah. Like, and do it with people that are going to make you better and you're going to make them better. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean there are going to be people in your life that are going to struggle and they're going to have needs and they're not going to be able to pour into you. Like they're having, something's gone terribly wrong. Um, but it can't be everybody in your life and it can't be everybody negative. Yeah. yeah I'm with you. If you look back 20 years ago, what really ticked you off? And then fast forward to present day, what ticks you off? Oh, I guess becoming a grandfather, you become way more patient, right? So (laughs) like, uh, you know, Hayden can, she's two and a half. She can run around our living room and jump on a white sofa with chocolate in her hand. And we're like, oh, isn't she cute? You know, and our kids would do that. And I want to take the belt off. Um, I was way impatient back then because I really thought, you know, I, I, I had this mission and I'm climbing this ladder and I'm looking for this, what, what is success? And I got to do it fast and you got to get out of my way. And so I was just impatient with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I wasn't as compassionate. I wasn't forgiving. I think I was, I cared about people and I was loving, but a lot of times it was the wrong way. Like I'll do this for you because I think I'm going to get something back. I have to admit, like, I have to look back and see that that's what kind of person I was. And I don't know if it was that era, like, you know, the 80s, 90s, all that. We're just growing as a country, capitalism. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do that. And now I've learned, like, one, slow down. Two, you don't ever give to get. Like, you give and you let it go. And um, those cliches, like, I'm going to plant trees now, which under, you know, I'm not going to appreciate the shade in the future, that kind of thing. I'm okay with that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm on, you know, I'm in the fifties now. So I'm on the other second season of my life and you just view things differently. Mm-hmm. When, when you think everything's in front of you, your whole life's in front of you, you might be more ambitious or you cut more corners or this yeah. kind of thing. Um, when you start realizing, Oh, wait a minute, I'm leaving a legacy. And you know, like this, yeah. we're having a discussion that started 20 years ago. Yeah. Now there's some people that might watch this podcast that are barely 20 years old. Right. So Way different perspective. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Who are three people or two people that you would call if there's no social media, nothing that you would call or meet in person? Did you change it from three to two? Because you know I call my wife. <laughs> uh, that's that's a great question. And interestingly, so we're getting ready to we're planning a trip to India, um, and then to go up to try to get an audience with the Dalai Lama. Wow. What? Yeah. Because the, that's somebody that I don't know. I mean, I, you could follow him on Twitter or you can read his books or you can, sometimes they have live classes that you can WebEx into, but I just, I have this weird feeling kind of like a Mahatma Gandhi or mother Teresa that Man. being in that presence yeah, um, or talking to on the phone or whatever, that would be one. Can these be dead or alive? dead or alive i know i'm i'm pushing the limits of the show no. now right now you're good um we're gonna go get the delorean in here so we can go back to the future <laughs> um i let's see a second person that i would call not on social media not on social media um let's see i don't know there's there's a ton of people like my grandfather had a big influence in my life wish i could 
pick up the phone, talk to my grandfather. Yeah. Um, Father Victor Roberts was probably one of the most influential mentors I had in my life. I'm not Catholic and he was a Catholic priest, but he really shaped the man I am. I wish I could, um, wow, I didn't mean to emote. I wish I could pick up the phone and call him. Um, you know, my grandmother, probably one of the most educated people I ever met, wish I could pick up the phone and call her. Mm. So there's a few, um, Nelson Mandela. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been privileged to be in some pretty amazing people's presence, you know, like Malala, um, used to have the Nobel Peace Wives, one mm-hmm. other girl that got shot, uh, you know, Desmond Tutu, that kind of thing. But Nelson Mandela, you go into Robben Island, you go prison for 30 years, you come out and you've got grace and forgiveness and love and compassion for people. Like, that's somebody I'd like to, you know, I'd like mm-hmm. to hang with. Yeah. I'd like to loiter with that guy yeah. for a while. <laughs> <laughs> just to chill with yeah yeah so yeah man it's really good stuff i mean there, there's always you could go further back and if you're a, a person of faith or a believer you know it's pretty cool if you got to hang out with a guy like you know jesus or mm-hmm. even muhammad or yeah. you know that probably learn some stuff yeah right yeah, yeah. what's a, a hardest what's one of the hardest things you've had to do in your life and what did you learn from it hmm Probably one of the hardest things to do is to be honest with myself. Hmm. Yeah, to look in the mirror and go, look, you're fallible. Um, these are the mistakes you've made. You got to own those. It's part of your history. It's part of your story. You weren't a good father. You were a horrible husband at times. Um, you weren't the best of friends. You made some poor business decisions, um, you know, whatever it is, the hardest thing is, is to look at yourself, <coughs> excuse me, in the mirror and go, that's who, that's who I truly am. Like, forget about what you think the world sees, all the pictures on social media, yeah. how you dress to show up in a certain way, just to show up and be you. And the lesson I think, or what I got from it was, you know, we talked about there's 7.2 billion people on the planet. Not everybody's going to like you. And I was a people pleaser growing up. I wanted everyone to like me. And so just saying, this is who I am. I, I, I get it. If you don't like me, you might like me 10 years from now. You might've liked me 10 years ago. You might Mm -hmm. not like me now. That's okay. And what I learned from it is, is it, it is a very quick path to becoming your best self. Mm Mm-hmm to eliminating stress and pressure and nightmares and worry and it allows you it just frees you up and people are always looking for others that are authentic right and genuine and um it's just the quickest fastest path to building relationships and being Mm -hmm. your best self and letting other people determine do they want to come in your world or they don't want to come in your world like if you if you give them who you are they can make a pretty good decision pretty quick. Right. And and if I'm not for everybody, I get it. And I, I mean, I'm not for myself sometimes. Like yeah. I, I, yeah. I look at myself, I'm like, did I really say that? Did I sound <laughs> like that? Did I, like that? If I didn't know you, I think yeah. you're arrogant, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. true. It's it's almost like the re- reputation, right? They say reputation precedes itself, and I take that a little further. It's like, okay, so Dwayne Cummings has a really good reputation. However, go hang out with them and be you can 
be the judge for yourself. That's right. And I would advise that people go hang out with you because they would get the feeling that I, that I get. Oh, well, that's very kind. You know what I mean? On my good day, I guess. <laughs> well, on, on, on just every day, even if it's a negative moment, yeah. you're still teaching. That's what I'm saying. Even if it's a, a down moment, you're still teaching. Well, thank you. That was a gift that I definitely got from somebody else, meaning I've, I've been taught those things. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, you got great questions. Those are, those are defining moment type questions. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, Come, coming to grips with who I really am. I like it. Yeah, I, I, I only wish for other people that they do it earlier in their life than I did it mm-hmm. because then they get the benefits longer in their life. Hmm. Yeah. So it's what we want for our kids, our grandkids, right? We want them to beat the curve. So yeah. if, if I figured it out by 30, I want them to figure it out by 20. And But you can't force that. So yeah. the only thing you can do is just be an example right. and, and hope they pick up the example. Yeah. Uh, I love it, Coach. Yeah. When was the last time you challenged yourself with doing something you'd never done before? And Ooh. what was the outcome? Yeah. I, that's funny you say that. I. I That is one of the habits. You asked what, what my habits are earlier. Um, try to do something new every day, meet somebody new every day, have a different conversation, um, approach people differently. Mm -hmm. So something I haven't done, we actually talked about this yesterday that we were at an art museum and I said, man, I, I can't hardly draw stick figures. Right. And I'm into this photography now and all that stuff, but I've kind of challenged myself. Okay. You're going to at least try to paint. Mm-hmm. because we read this article recently. This lady in Australia is like 102 and she didn't start painting until she's 85, but now she's having her first gallery exhibit. And so wow. I'm going to challenge myself to paint. I mean, I challenge myself a lot of times with new languages, right? Um, going to places I've never been, yeah. trying to not to get comfortable, trying foods I've never tried. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just almost every day that's a habit. We try to do something new, challenge ourselves in a new way. Man, yeah, that's awesome. Wait. It keeps things fresh. Yeah. Gives you different perspectives. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, reaching out to people, uh, you know, those are habits, but yeah. Man. If you had to look back to your younger self, what would you tell your younger self and what advice would you give you your younger self? Yeah. Or earlier on, probably the first advice is um, get out of the habit of trying to impress and please everyone. Mm-hmm. Right. Just yeah. be just be your own self. And I know where it came from. Like I know why I believe what I believe in my values on it because I moved around a lot as a kid. So when you show up somewhere new, what do you want? You want everybody to like you. You want to fit in. So you kind of become a comedian sometimes or you hang out with the jocks (laughs) or then you're hanging out with the cowboys or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Um, And, (laughs) and if I could tell my younger self, you know, like people will love you for being you just Mm -hmm. be your best you. Yeah. And if I would have done that earlier in my life, no telling how many more years of happiness I would have had yeah. of joy. If you had to change one outcome, what would it be? What, uh, we talk about this all the time. I don't have any regrets in my life because if I accept the idea that I wanted to change things and have regrets, then that would yeah. change right everything else. Yep. Um, but because I played, I wasn't a great player, but I ended playing... Um, on AstroTurf indoor or whatever. And I had a surgery and I didn't recover from it all the way. And I had another and I had another. So I had several knee surgeries. And that's the only thing that I kind of was like, man, I I wish somebody would have just shook me and said, 
when you're in your 50s and you want to go climb the Great Wall or hike or, you know, run with your grandchildren, you're going to want your knees to be the best they can be. And so don't don't do this. It's just a game. Mm -hmm. Like take care of your knee. That's yeah. the, that's the only thing, because there are times where like, I would love to go out right now and run a marathon and raise money for a friend of ours that has cancer and all mm -hmm. this stuff. I know that physically I could walk it, yeah. but my knee blows up like a balloon if I run to the mailbox. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's it. Yeah. Otherwise I can't look back and say, I regret not spending more time with my kids when they were little because I might not have ever learn the lessons I've learned and been a better person now. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I, I do remember you having to ice your knees after soccer, just soccer practices. Yeah. I, went, I was a wimp. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they were swollen, so yeah. you can barely walk, man. But you did it almost every day. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. The sacrifices you made, man. Yeah. I, thank you for that. Um, yeah. I That's the only one I changed. Yeah. You got to definitely thank your wife, too, because... Yeah, I have to. I yeah. Thank you, Mrs. Cummings. Now that you're She's married and all, you know, like oh, yeah. you, you know what an integral part your spouse plays in everything. Oh, in absolutely. Life. Yeah, you're right. How do you contribute back to society? In varying and different ways every day, kind of so taking on those new challenges. Um, you know, we're we're in a position where because of our reach on social media and that kind of thing, yeah. somebody's always like, hey, contribute to this or do this. So we can't say yes to everything, right? It'd be yeah. like in certain cities, if you gave a buck to every homeless person you walk by, you'd have to carry 10 grand around with you, unfortunately. So, you know, we're, we work with a lot of nonprofits from Edge yeah. of Kenya. My wife's on the board of a Soul Hope. I was going to plug, but I got a shirt on. I just thought about it. But Go ahead, plug no, it. No, 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 that's all right. So, yeah, okay. I'll zip it. Okay. Yeah, it's okay, okay, so, so, yeah, so Soul Hope. Um, so I like they, it. Yeah, they work out of Uganda and they help kids uh, that have these parasites that get into their feet and then they get them health and education. Wow. And, um, and then, you know, we are, like I said, we build that in. So, like when we're in Atlanta, you know, the Feeding the Homeless Project, every Saturday morning, downtown Atlanta. You know, I've been doing it for over a decade. They're there so we, you can show up and help. Mm -hmm. And whether it's love bags and that that's one way, right, to help society. That's the way that everybody's like, oh, yesterday was red nose, right? So contribute and wear yeah. your red nose. Yeah. But there are other ways that you can help society that people don't even think about sometimes because they're so small. And that's back to the common courtesy. So when we show up at Walmart or some other store, I say Walmart. Why do I say Walmart? Oh, because this is where it's the worst. People leave the shopping cart, even uh, though there's a place to put yeah. it right there. People leave it, it bumps into other people's cars, it, the wind's blowing, they're moving around. So we can help by just grabbing them, smiling at somebody going, hey, you want me to take that? And I, I do this all the time because I have it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you want me to take that for you? And they're like, oh, wow, thanks. I'm like, that'll be $7. And they're like, what? And I just, you know, just messing <laughs> with them. But um, so you can help society that way. Looking out kind of in a corrective way. Yeah. Uh, when, when little kids are in public, I say little kids, medium-sized kids, whatever. Yeah. And they're doing something wrong. I, I will actually say, even if their parents are there, I will say like, oh, I know you're way better than that. Right. Yeah. And then I just keep walking. And because I know how impressionable I was as a kid, mm -hmm. that sometimes somebody that had nothing to do with my family or my community, they made an impact on me. So I'm always actively looking for ways to positively make an impact on somebody else. Love it. Yeah. Man. Somebody's got a job that they're just hating, you mm -hmm. know, 
and and I'll be like, I'm thank you so much for being here today because you made my day. And then they're like, oh, okay, yeah. you know, maybe there is value to what I'm doing. Yeah. So I think you can give back to society in lots of ways. I like it. In your life right now, I know, I think you'll dig this question. I'm gonna dig. Yeah, I'm gonna dig this question. Yeah. Ooh, I almost threw my mic off. <laughs> Got all excited. <laughs> Let me see if it's. Yeah, you're yes, good. We're yeah. still good. You're we're, good. Okay. You're a movie guy, and you like to read books. You're an author, obviously. So, if there was a scene from a movie, or maybe a chapter of a book, what best describes your life right now? Oh well, we 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 jokingly say it's like it's on my website, Forrest Gump, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and there was that athletic in the movie for him. There was mm-hmm. military in the movie for him. Um, relational, and he was just kind of going through life, and and it always seemed like the universe would conspire in his favor, right? So yeah. bubble gum, shrimp, and all that. And I'm definitely more intentional. I, I my wife might think that I just. Kind of like just you know, um, <laughs> but but the universe uh, we've been very blessed. We're very grateful for what we have. It's not lost on us. The universe always conspires, right? Some people would say that we are favored. You know, it depends on what track you are as a believer, non-believer, all those things. Yeah. Um, but but that movie kind of encapsulate my life because we just do what's right in front of us and try to do. Yeah. He always tried to do the right thing in the movie. Yeah. Right. So just try do the right thing for the right reason. It's not always going to work out. Sometimes you're going to get shot in the butt, you know? <laughs> but then you're going to get ice cream, you know, and, and sometimes you're going to wreck your shrimp boat and then there's going to be a storm and you're going to make a bunch of money. So, yeah. yeah, that one. It's not necessarily my favorite movie, but I, I guess that probably encapsulates my life. Oh, I wow. Could... I just I just boiled my life down to Forrest Gump. Hmm. Life is like a box of chalk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of box of chocolates what's your path forward uh wow i was i was like uh, with the box of chocolates i mean i'm just going to keep trying them i guess yeah right and, mm-hmm. and my path forward is i'm i'm going to keep trying new things and taking a bite of it and i'll probably eat the whole piece of the one i like and the one i don't like i'm going to you know, I'll offer it to my wife. Um, <laughs> we, we actually, we plan for certain things in the future. Like anybody else, you have, um, you know, people have dreams or ambitions or whatever. Right. But we actually invest more of our time and energy in the moment. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah, yeah. You, you do need to plan. People, if they have... A job and they got to figure out, oh, I got two weeks PTO and where are we going to go on vacation this summer and where are we going to go and all that. I get that. I'm not trying to dismiss that. All right. But but for me, it's like that vacation won't matter if I'm not my best self today. Yeah, true. So one is, is um, saying yes to the things that are right and mm-hmm. nourish us and support us and are kind of on that true north path for us. Right. Saying no to the things that don't in a respectful way. Um like saying yes to this a few weeks ago, I had no idea this was coming up. Yeah. So if I said, I'm not doing any podcasts for the next month because it's, you know, summer starting and we're not going to do any till the fall. Yeah. I would have missed this. And like, that would have been silly, you know, cause now we're reconnected and I'm sure this won't be the last time we're hanging. And, Absolutely. Um, so what's next? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to keep showing up my best self and serving the world to the best of my ability 
to leave a legacy of uh, that's an example for others to find a path that works for them. Yeah. I Man, I think you answered my last question because I was going to ask how you want to be remembered. Oh, um, there's some exercises I have people go through, like write your own eulogy and all that. And I've, mm-hmm. I've really come down to, if I boil it down to everything else, I want, I want people to feel joy when they think of me. Yeah. That's it. hundred yeah. years from now, 500 years from now, I don't care about being a great, the greatest author or the yeah. greatest leader or the greatest, you know, this, if, if they recognize my name or my, my past, my history, my legacy, my whatever, I just want them to have joy. I love like, it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Man. CEO of the Sensational Group, author of many books. What's your newest book is coming out pretty soon? The Sensational Leader. Yeah, it'll be out like any time. And anybody that listens to the podcast, if they they get it and they they put in their little submission, somebody's going to win a trip to go with me to Africa. Wow. Yeah. The Sensational Leader. Yes. And when's it come out? I think next month. uh, It's this summer. It comes out, I think, by July 4th. It's out. Man. I say I think because it's always up to the publisher and the printers. And all yeah, that yeah. So how do people get in touch with your listeners? Not your cell number, but <laughs> email, uh, Instagram, yeah, Twitter, I mean, it, social media. It, so we, we always joke and say it's Dwayne. And you got to spell it D-U-A-N-E because if you don't spell it that way, you get a lot of people in orange jumpsuits and kind of crazy. <laughs> um, but Dwayne Cummings or Dwayne Dale Cummings anywhere. So I think on like Instagram is Dwayne D Cummings and Facebook is Dwayne Cummings. Dwayne Cummings.com, Dwayne at Dwayne Cummings.com email. Yeah. yeah. Pretty easy to get a hold of. We don't, we don't hide. C-U-M-M-I-N-G-S. That's correct. Yeah. And my cell number is like on a lot of bathroom walls too. I think like it loves truck stops. and Yeah. Well, that's how I got yours so I can start coaching. So thank you for giving me the opportunity. You're Thanks welcome. loves. For yeah. Him. Yeah. As a shout out to the local loves. Yeah. You should be getting, they should, all these people that we mentioned today uh, should be sponsoring your show. I mean, like, love sponsors of Thunder. They need to. Yeah. So we get to a little heart right here. Yeah. And then, I think we could do a, a Chick-fil-A cow right there. We could do next thing you'd no. know, you couldn't even see defining moments because you'd have all these sponsors. I just need you to sign this now. Oh man, please. Actually, I just need you to I'd like for you to get your autograph on my book. I, well, I'm book. gonna tell you, I don't do I don't do autographs. I would be I would love to write something in it. Yeah. Or by you know That's what I'm saying. It's not about me. It's about you. So yeah, I'll put something in it. Yeah, but, that's why I Rather man, the minute you start getting arrogant and thinking that, you know, I'm riding autographs, right? Then I think we've missed the point at that. <laughs> We're going to end the show with this, really? Like me writing it? Yeah. Uh, really? All right. Well, I got one more thing. Okay, what's the one more thing? Dwayne Cummings, do you approve this podcast? Oh, yeah. I, I approve this message, and I'm <laughs> humbled and grateful that... Uh, yeah, that you had me and my wife here today. And Absolutely. For all the people that are listening, uh, yeah, just keep listening to this guy. Keep <laughs> listening to his guests and keep uh, keep defining moments, right? Yeah, so, I appreciate you. it, Coach. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right. Now my can... name's Wong Lam, and I approve this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Coach. That was really, really good. I truly hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have a defining moment or moments you would like to share, please reach out to me. 
I would love to visit with you about it and share it with the world on a podcast. Here's how to find me. Visit my website, www.definingmomentspod.com. Follow me on Twitter at DefMomentsPod. That's at D-E-F Moments Pod. Search me on Facebook, Defining Moments Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Defining Moments Podcast. That's all one word, at Defining Moments Podcast. Subscribe to Defining Moments Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed listening to this show, I would be extremely honored if you gave us a review. This helps boost this podcast so more people can find it. Go out and be a positive influence today, every day. Make someone smile. My name is Wong Lam, and I approve this podcast.